Hi friends, welcome back to episode two of the Bear and Brutal podcast. Um, it is me, your host, Michelle. Um, yeah, we're here. We're here. We're doing episode two. We've got the ball rolling. I published the first episode last week and overall, I would have to say it went a lot better than I was expecting. I mean, I don't really know what I was expecting. I thought maybe I would post it and then maybe a couple of my friends would listen, but I was actually really surprised. I had a lot of people that I guess I I just wasn't expecting to reach out to me. And I had a lot of people personally send me messages and give me feedback and um, just give me praise. And it was really, really nice. And it I'm just really lucky to have such an amazing support system. So shout out to my friends and my family and to everyone who listened and reposted and took time out of their day um, to send me messages. It was really nice and I felt very, very loved. So yeah, um, I guess a little bit of background info on how that day went for me. <laughs> so I mean, I touched on it in last week's episode, how I was making all these excuses and I was really just procrastinating because I just wanted to be perfect and literally woke up on that Tuesday, thought to myself, what the hell am I doing? Like, why am I not recording this already? And made the decision at around midnight to start recording. Um, by the time I was done recording, editing, uploading, figuring out how to troubleshoot issues and and get it onto Spotify and whatnot. Um, by the time I was done, it was a probably, I think about four in the morning. I'm like satisfied with my work, ready to go to sleep. I go to the bed, I lay my head down and, you know, I'm starting to drift into that sweet, sweet sleep. You know, you're just so exhausted and you're, you feel your body relaxing finally. So it took maybe about like 10, 15 minutes. So I would say 4.15, I'm literally about to just knock the fuck out. And I hear whining and little puppy claws clawing at the little puppy gate. And what do you know? It is my sweet little babies, Honey and Boba, my two puppies. Um, they are six months old. And Honey is whining nonstop and she's taking her little paw and she's hitting the little door clamp thing on their kennel and I'm sitting there I'm laying there in the bed and I was like okay she's gonna stop like maybe it's just because she heard me walking by their kennel and she wants to play but no homegirl like it's time to go to sleep still it's four in the morning so I let it sit for maybe five minutes and she's still whining and she's still clawing and she's whining with like an urgency I can tell so I'm like okay I guess I have to put my parent pants on and be a good parent so I get up I take them out I open their door to the kennel and they just both bolt out 
so they go over this landing that we have and I don't have my glasses on and if y'all have seen me in real life or you know me I'm blind as hell um, I have bottle caps for glasses so I'm going to the bathroom and I'm like okay let me quickly put my glasses on and I'll go downstairs and I'll take them outside I didn't even get to put my glasses on fully before honey and boba just bolt down the stairs and I hear her going to her favorite little spot <laughs> we're, we're still potty training them to go outside currently it is definitely process but she goes underneath this pool table and pops a squat and homegirl literally let out the most wet gooeyest diarrhea in her entire six months of life and um yeah so i i couldn't even i couldn't even take her outside because she just she knew what needed to be done and she did it underneath the pool table on the floor so i'm like oh man she doesn't feel good obviously and so i'm going to get wipes i'm going to get materials to clean it up and while i'm on my knees 4 30 in the morning cleaning up this gooey mess on the floor boba my other puppy starts gagging she's like and you know she's like kind of twerking while she's (laughs) gagging and i rush over there and i try to catch her throw up and i'm like oh my gosh what the hell is happening right now everything's just going to shit literally so boba's gagging like she's gonna throw up she did throw up um but she was i guess she wanted to be kind to mommy and she decided to swallow her throw up so there was no cleanup for me (laughs) you know a win is a win i will take it so that happened i'm still cleaning up the whole mess and then (laughs) so i told y'all we're training them to go outside i saw this video of this couple training their dog to ring a bell to let them know that they need to go outside so i had this great idea to train the puppies to press this little doorbell with their little nose so we have this little button that's on the front door tall enough at their height to boop with their little nose when they need to go honey is really great at it so i see honey like she's about to touch her nose on the button and keep in mind it's 4 30 in the morning everybody's asleep so i don't want the doorbell to go off and i snatch her away <laughs> And I'm like, okay, I know, I know you need to go. So I have to get their whole getup ready. I get their harnesses. They have this little dual leash thing we're using. And I'm really trying to rush because I do not want her to just explosively diarrhea all over me. <laughs> so I'm in a rush and take them outside. And what do you know? It is raining and sprinkling outside. And I don't know if this is just a universal puppy thing where they hate water and they hate rain on their paws and just wet grass, but our puppies hate wet grass. They refuse to go if the grass is wet or anything's wet. So it was a long shot, but I took them both out there and I'm trying to walk them around so that they can do their business and it's just not happening. The rain is falling. It's making little droplet noises. Boba's freaking the fuck out. She's barking. And I'm like, you know, this is not working out. I'm so sorry, honey and Boba. 
I mean, you had your chance. We're going to go back inside because mama is tired. So go back inside, clean them, finally walk them back upstairs, put them back in their kennel. By the time I was back into my sweet bed, it was around, I'd say, five in the morning, 5.15. So the whole ordeal took me about an hour. Yeah, I it felt like I slept for maybe two seconds and then I was awoken again by honey's whimpering she was whining again opened my eyes and my boyfriend and i we have this deal like a schedule where in the mornings he's taking care of the puppies i get to sleep in a little and then we switch later on in the day so i'm pissed off because i'm running on like two seconds of sleep and i hear her whining i'm like where the fuck is he so (laughs) i texted him I said, where are you? Honey's about to shit herself. And he was in the shower. So I hear her whining again with that same urgency. And I don't want her to do anything in her kennel. So I get up and wobble myself downstairs. By the time I get to the stairs, my boyfriend Michael comes out of the bathroom. He's like, what now? And I mean, y'all don't really know me like that. But what you're not going to do is talk to me in some kind of tone with some attitude at seven in the morning when I just slept for barely two hours. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Let me calm down. So I told him, I was like, well, she's whining. And I don't know if you knew this, but we had a time last night. Honey and Boba just, they put a ringer on mama last night. So we go downstairs. He's like, yeah, I know. She did the same thing. She had an accident again. I'm like, dang. So he takes her out, he brings her back in, and I asked him, like, oh, did she go? He's like, yeah. And I think he had a time the night before as well. Everybody, whole family's running on, no sleep. We're all very just pissed off at each other. So he puts them in their kennel, and I was like, I didn't like how you put them in the kennel like that. I was like, it's not their fault that they're sick. And he's like, I know, I know. And that was another trigger. I was like, did you just cut me off? (laughs) So at this point, I know anything he says, anything that comes out of his mouth is going to just set me off. So we were walking upstairs. He's stomping his feet. I'm stomping my feet. He goes to one room. I go back to the other room, to the bed. And I lay down in the bed. And I am seething. I am so angry. I'm so mad. I'm like, why does this man have an attitude with me with the shit that I had dealt with last night? And I type out a little text, like something about, oh, you better reevaluate your attitude. And then I paused and I took my finger and I just pressed a little backspace. I was like, you know, Michelle, we're going to choose peace right now at 730 in the morning. Okay, we're going to We're going to erase that little text message. You're going to put your phone underneath your pillow and you're going to lay your head down and you're going to go back to sleep, girl, because we're not going to start nothing right now. And that is on growth. That that is on growth because 2018 Michelle would not have let that shit slide. She would not have um, erased that text message. She probably would have followed him into the room and said some choice words, but um we have grown and we are better now. So that was how the aftermath after I finished recording the first episode went. And yes, sure enough, I got some sleep, got up, felt a lot better, was not angry anymore. 
same thing with him we had a little debrief session we were like yeah that was crazy how we were so mad earlier you know it's like sleep just works wonders that's crazy so we're good but that was how um it went (laughs) after i finished recording and um the rest of the day was pretty pretty amazing i was just blown away by all of the support that i was getting from everybody i made an official post on facebook too because i had already made an instagram account for it and you know announced that oh coming soon in august but i don't really go on facebook like that so i thought oh i'll just post it on facebook when i actually record something so i made a whole post on facebook announcing that i have this podcast that i have my debut episode so please go listen to it and in my little description of the podcast I put that um, as a former teacher and not everybody knew that I quit teaching Um, wasn't necessarily something I was hiding but wasn't also something that I was advertising per se so um, I had a lot of questions and people just reacting to that they're like oh my gosh I didn't know that you weren't teaching anymore so I guess for this episode I kind of wanted to update people or talk about where I am in my life and what the fuck I'm doing um so yes cat is out of the bag I guess I mentioned it last episode but I resigned from teaching the past school year and I'm now a former teacher no longer a current teacher. Why I decided to leave, I guess, is the big question everybody wants to know. I just, it became a lot. There's a a lot that went into my decision to leave, but ultimately the profession just became a little too much and too overwhelming for my mental and my physical health. I live in Texas gun violence is a really really real thing and my first year of teaching I experienced um, a school shooting that occurred literally two minutes like walking distance from the middle school that I taught at although it didn't directly happen at the school that I was teaching in um, we were on lockdown for pretty much the entire day Um, there was just a lot of no communication and so the whole time you know teachers staff students they're all thinking oh oh my gosh like is he coming to our school and I, I guess I didn't realize that there was a lot of trauma there I still deal I still dealt with a lot of I don't want to say PTSD I don't really know what to label it but had a lot of anxiety that stemmed from experiencing those things that day and I carried that into my second year of teaching and there were just so many incidents that occurred also in my second year of teaching that related to gun violence and that's not normal um talking to veteran teachers they're like no this isn't this is not a normal experience at all so for me it was you know, that's kind of all that I've known. Like everyone else, these veteran teachers, they had 
something else to compare their experience to you know for me this was it you know dealing every day with something like a threat or a kid saying something or oh uh, so and so brought something to school it was just a lot dealing with that and I I feel like I still kind of have a habit of invalidating myself about the whole ordeal and the whole situation because I'm like oh Michelle nothing bad really happened like you didn't really experience a school shooting nothing serious ever came about it but it felt really real the fact that you know I could go to work and not come home today type thing like that was something that really would routinely go on in my mind and I I don't don't ever talk about this I don't think I've ever talked about this with family really Um, but I dealt with so much anxiety like especially after that first year I had to drive by that high school that it happened every single day on my way to work and I remember the weeks after I would drive to work and have panic attacks in my car along the way to work every morning and that anxiety just festered I never really dealt with it and so I you know I think when you push things aside or push them down and you don't deal with things they just grow larger and bigger and more scary and so I carry that anxiety with me and when things just keep happening on top of those things it creates this I don't know this big monster of anxiety inside of you so yeah I I remember panicking in the mornings if I didn't say goodbye to my boyfriend because I'm like oh shoot like I need to say goodbye to him because this might be the last time that I say bye to him and I need to make sure that like I say I love you or there were times I literally had kind of a mock-up of a will that I typed out in my note I had a whole little guide on there I was like oh if I end up dying here are a list of people that you should notify and um, here's how I would want my funeral to be like like it was very morbid and dare I say dramatic I don't want to say dramatic because it felt very real to me but if I can frame it in a way for people to understand like that's I I literally feared for my life (laughs) every day Um, it was always in the back of my mind going into work and the fact that as a teacher these are realities that we have to face I think that fact was just really it weighed heavily on me and my mental health really suffered um so that was one (laughs) one factor why I decided to leave teaching I also just this school that I worked for I loved my team and ultimately that's why I stayed because I remember my first year of teaching I think everyone's first year of teaching is just difficult in general like there's nothing when they say there's nothing that can truly prepare you for your first year of teaching that is very real nothing I learned in college or nothing that I uh, observed in my student teaching could have prepared me for the real deal my first year was wild and it was terrible (laughs) And I think around December, 
I already started looking at other avenues I could take. I was like, what can you do with an English major in Texas? And I was so dead set. I was like, you know, I'm done. I don't think I can do this. And I feel like talking with my other teacher friends, we all kind of agree like teaching as a profession is kind of a, it's kind of like a toxic relationship. You know, you kind of get beat up (laughs) in during the school year. And then summer break hits and it's just so nice and you know you're sipping on your little mai tais in mexico and you have all this time off and you're taking naps in the middle of the day and you get to eat your lunch without a time limit you get to take your bathroom breaks whenever and it's like two solid months of bliss and so then by the time summer ends you're like oh i i could go back i could do more of this And that's exactly what happened because I remember thinking, oh, I'm done. I can't do it. And then summer break hit, had a great time. And I was like, I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. (laughs) And I don't regret um, going back for my second year at all. Like, I think I had an exponentially better year in my second year compared to the last, but also can't really tell if that's because the first year was so terrible that the bar was just extremely low so anything after that was good compared to it but either way (laughs) I had a great great group of students and I still love the people I worked with but I think a, a very common thing in education and why people leave they say it's it's not because of the kids it's because of the adults and I think the leadership at the school that I worked at um needed a little bit of work and yeah so that was also another reason why I left but overarching reason was I just didn't feel safe and my mental health and my physical health was absolutely shit and I didn't recognize who I was anymore um when I felt the same way that I felt in my first year in that December time a year later I had this moment kind of 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 just disappointment because damn I'm it's been a year and I feel the same exact way again and I didn't feel like I didn't like that I didn't like that I'm in the same exact position that I was before and I didn't do anything to change it and that I think that that was the start of me wanting to get out um because I didn't feel like I was growing and I felt like I was stuck I also think I put so much into teaching that I had nothing left. Like, I I would like to think that I was a pretty good teacher. Um, I gave everything. I put my whole, whole back into it. <laughs> and the thing with that, though, is I didn't have anything left for other aspects of my life. I feel like I tied so much of myself to my career and my job and from that 8:15 to 4:30 I was on 110%, you know, giving everything to those kids and and teaching and trying to be the best that I could. And then when 4:30 hits, the switch turns off and I'm like, "Okay, there's nothing left. I'm so exhausted. I would come home from work and literally 
go into my room and just sit there in the darkness <laughs> and I was exhausted I had nothing left for anyone else um I was a, a good teacher but I was a shit friend um I was not putting in the same kind of effort into my relationship not only romantically with my boyfriend but I, I wasn't a good daughter I wasn't a good friend I wasn't a good person to myself there was no time that I set aside to pour into my other passions or my hobbies or my interests and so I just felt like a shell of this person and I didn't like that either which is so hard like I can talk about this now because it's been months since I decided to leave teaching but I definitely um, went through a whole mourning process because it's not like I left education because I didn't love what I was doing I don't think that a person puts that much into something and doesn't love it you know I loved my students I loved the relationships that I got to build with them I love you know the act of teaching but it was just everything else that was too much it was a lack of support from admin it was you know dealing with things regarding gun violence it was you know some days where I'm like oh I'm just a glorified babysitter correcting behavior and not focus on content whatsoever like am I even teaching these kids it was not being able to have a an actual lunch you know teachers by the time you drop off your kids and you get your bathroom break you have maybe a solid 10 to 12 minutes to scarf down your food and most days I would just save my lunch to eat during my planning period it was not having time to go to the bathroom when I needed to like planning out here's the times I can go to the bathroom because you know you don't want to ask someone to watch your kids or you can't just like up and leave and you gotta go so lots of different aspects and this is just my experience I'm sure you know everyone everyone's experience is unique and maybe it would have been different if I was in a different grade level um, I did do middle school and they say middle school is not for the weak and they are right. <laughs> love, love those little babies, but um, they be putting you through it <laughs> and you cannot be weak. So yeah, I, um, I decided to leave and it was really, really hard because I still very much have that passion for teaching. I still love building those relationships with those kids and I felt like I was giving up. So I'm like, oh, if I'm not doing it, like who is? Like, um, I remember the, the students I had this last year, they um, wanted me to move up with them to eighth grade and I had one kid actually create a petition for me to get moved up to eighth grade and man they were such a good group of kids and that made it super hard to leave I was an absolute mess um the last couple of days of school I decided to tell all of my students that I wasn't coming back and I was leaving teaching to see what 
is in store for the rest of my life. And when I tell you there were no dry eyes in that classroom and it just, it just made it so hard. Like I had a little yearbook thing and I had my students write me notes and their kids brought me gifts and we're taking pictures together and we're crying together. Um, it was hard. It was really hard. Just a lot of emotions. I definitely think that I'm still grieving leaving education um, and it's a process you know grief is not in any way linear I just had so much sadness leaving because I just I just really still loved the students you know and also committing to the decision to leave was really scary I mean I talk about you know the last episode I talked about perfectionism and how I plan every single little second of my life because I want to be prepared. And that, that stems from my major anxiety and major um, control issues. So when I made the decision to quit and not having a plan or direction as to where I was going next, that was really, really nerve-wracking. Um, I was scared and I'm still scared, (laughs) but I, you know, realized after having conversations with coworkers, I had conversations with coworkers who were also making the decision to leave that last year. And I just realized that, you know, the fear of the unknown is never, ever going to go away. And I think something that I'm continuously working on and trying to remind myself is that I can still do things while being scared. You know, committing to that decision and remembering why I'm leaving, betting on myself and and having faith in my own abilities. It was big of me <laughs> to do that and it was really really scary because I had no idea where I was going. Um and I say that as if I I have figured that out. I have not. I'm still scared. I'm still so lost right now. And I'm still really sad that I left. And I'm grieving kind of the loss of those relationships that I had with my students and the possibility of future students. Sad because I'm not, you know, working with the same people that I have been working with for the past two years. And they were great people. Um... I, I love a good routine. And so for, for two years when you're doing something and suddenly you're not anymore, it's like really jarring, you know? I also feel like there's this kind of camaraderie that comes with being a teacher. Like you're kind of in this exclusive club, if you will. And there's a satisfaction that you kind of get from the respect that comes with the title of being an educator. So that also, you know, I've felt like I lost something with that and loss of something I was passionate about, something that gave me such a huge purpose and connection in my life. I had bouts where I would just burst into tears. You know, I cried when I was taking my classroom stuff down. I cried when I gave my little speech to my students telling them I'm leaving. When I experienced my last teacher appreciation week, I was in shambles (laughs) because I was like, literally, I remember... 
I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, I have to take advantage of all of the teacher appreciation week deals because I'm never going to get to do this again. And I remember he drove me to Whataburger in the morning because they were giving teachers free breakfast the entire week. And I'm literally sobbing in the Whataburger drive through next to him because I'm like, when am I ever going to get to do this again? I didn't get to take advantage of this like I should have. So yeah, lots of, lots of grief still still going about um when it was the first day of school this school year I cried because I was like man I'm supposed to be there and it was really weird not being there and preparing and setting up my classroom yeah so I'm in this new new phase of my life this weird transitional period of growth I guess. And I try on a good day. I look at this time as, you know, it's my opportunity to level up. And I try to remind myself that I can come back, that this just isn't my season in education. And, you know, I always have that option to go back if I I want to. But this is something I did to put myself first, to put my mental health first. And I can't just keep sacrificing my mental health and my physical safety for security, just for the sake of being secure in a job and for the sake of avoiding discomfort and fear, you know? Yeah, um, that's on a good day, but I don't really have too many of those (laughs) most of the time as of late I spend doubting my decision and questioning if this was the right thing for me to do because it's just so out of left field for me as a person I like I said am a mega prepared person I'm kind of like a doomsday prepper for everything in my life like I have my next five steps already planned I set out my clothes for what I'm going to wear the next day at night. Um, I'm like constantly checking the weather up. So I'm wearing the appropriate shoes. I'm, you know, like looking at the menu at a place that I've been five million times just to make sure uh, there isn't something that I might want to order differently, even though I haven't done that for the past five million times. So for me to just make a decision to quit no plan whatsoever is unheard of um and i'm honestly really struggling i think i've recently um opened up about these struggles with a few friends and some family members but you know this is has been a really really hard time for me just because i feel so lost and empty and like what the fuck am I doing with my life I just feel really useless right now because I'm not working and I'm not producing and I'm not succeeding in something or working towards something yeah I I think I tied my identity really heavily to my career in being a teacher and so now that that is gone I'm like what is there left (laughs) like where's my personality because 
that was all I was, which is so unrealistic. Um, but I'm, I'm really grappling with those, those feelings, you know, I think as a 20 something year old, it's really easy to get caught up in comparison. Um, I'm constantly on social media and I'm scrolling and I'm seeing people like at their white coat ceremonies or, oh, I just finished my master's. Um, and it seems like everybody just has their shit together, you know, everybody in the entire world except for Michelle which again is so not true and I know this but it's so easy to just look at everybody else's highlight reel because that's what social media is it's a highlight reel and compare that to my rock bottom right now and that's being dramatic this is I feel like I've been at a lower place before and I know that I will get out of this (laughs) if I have confidence in anything I know that I can get through things and I will but it's so hard to kind of take your mind out of that of that hole and yeah life is hard dude like being in your 20 somethings now that that is not for the week because it's just such a weird time like you have some people who are engaged some people who are on their second baby mama, um, some people who are still living at home, and some people who have just bought a house. And yeah, we're all just figuring it out. But for me, it feels like I'm so behind, even though I just turned 24. And in retrospect, I'm still so young. Um, But I talk about this with my friends a lot and and it's you know surprising when you are vulnerable with people and you connect with people and you realize oh we're all in the same fucking boat like everybody feels the same way everyone feels like they're behind in life and I just gotta remind myself you know everyone has their own path and I can't rush things you know I am a firm believer in that everything happens for a reason and there's definitely a reason why I'm in this period of waiting, so to speak. I think that, you know, coming from uh, parents who are immigrants, you know, they're, they're constantly preaching hard work. And, you know, my mom, her biggest dream was to have all four of her kids graduate college and, you know, have a secure job and a secure life. And that was that was success, you know because she didn't get to have that opportunity and her you know majority of her life was so lacking of that security and that's all she's ever wanted for us and so we're sold this idea that you know you work hard you get a job and that's your life and I think I worked so hard to get to where I am and now that I you know it didn't necessarily pan out in the way that I wanted it to it just feels like the most massive failure ever and I think I'm trying to reframe that because I I don't want to look at this as a failure I I didn't fail I didn't give up it's just not for me you know and then that's okay it's okay if things didn't pan out in the way that you expected or the way that you wanted it to and I'm trying to find peace in that 
I'm trying to remind myself to be patient and gracious um, to myself. But yeah, I think it's just a universal 20-something-year-old experience, right? Like, can you all agree with me that we all kind of feel like we're all behind in life and we're not doing enough? And I just, I'm grateful now that I'm like kind of processing this with y'all right now. <laughs> um, I'm grateful that I get this time. And I think this time is, is meant to be like this so that I can take a pause and I should take advantage of this, you know? So if you're asking me what I'm doing with my life right now, um, nothing really. I'm unemployed. I have no direction. I'm hella lost. I'm sad. Um, there's a lot of emotions going on, but I'm also really hopeful and I'm figuring it out along the way, somehow, some way. I'm just really really fortunate that I do get this opportunity to kind of just sit back and take some time to really think about, okay, what do I want to do next? What's the next move? And I think that's hard because I've never really done that. I'm, we're constantly going, going, going. And now that I don't have a career or things to distract me, I'm just left with all of these thoughts that I have been avoiding and you know, um, it's funny thinking about how that's kind of the culture in America, you know, we're constantly on that grind, like, wake up, and you're like, let's go get that bag, and we just have this, this grinding culture in America, like, we're hard workers, and we always want to do, like, what's the next best thing, what are we doing now, tell me what's next, and we're constantly focused on the future, and I think, that's great. I think that you accomplish a lot when you're hardworking and you're, you have a goal set in mind, right? But if I've learned anything from this time right now, it's like sometimes there is value in taking a moment to step back and reflect on everything that you did to get to where you are. Like I find myself seeing where I was, you know, with my career and everything and I was like back in I don't know like 2017 this is my dream like this is where I wanted to be and I got here and now I'm not even taking a moment to revel in it and appreciate it and pat myself on the back for something that I worked so hard for instead I'm looking to see what's my next best thing what am I going to do now and I feel like it's important for us to take a moment and just wow like I did this so yeah and I I think I was able to make that kind of realization from traveling um I was lucky to get to go to Italy this past summer and it came at such a an opportune time because I went directly after school let out and so getting to go over there and be in a different country and different environment and see a different way of life was really refreshing and it just made me um kind of hate America even more (laughs) I am kind of an America hater hashtag I be drinking that haterade um because like I mean obviously I'm so I'm so fortunate to be living in America right but 
seeing on tiktok and also seeing in real life how their way of life is just so different over there like they are not consumed with the american dream they don't live to work like i feel like we do in america you know we're constantly on this grind and they're like let's take our time eating lunch in the middle of the day and drink a glass of wine and catch up friends like even down to like when you go to a restaurant they you have to ask for the bill because they're not going to bring it to you because their employees at restaurants are actually paid a living wage and so they're not rushed to turn the tables and get their next customer and you're not rushed you know you're just living your life and you're having lunch with a friend on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, yeah, I don't know. <sighs> I thought about like leaving the country <laughs> and going, I don't know, to Belgium or something. I-, I don't think that I have enough education to be talking about this, but from my TikTok university and the videos I see, it just seems like other countries in Europe have it figured out when it comes to healthcare, how they treat their mothers in the countries, like pregnant women, their education systems, the way they structure their work. Like I met these two lovely Australian ladies when I was in Italy and they literally were taking a month off of work and one of them I think was also in the medical field but another one was a nurse I'm like that's fucking unheard of in America like what what nurse can take a whole month off of work to go travel the world like that freely like yeah so was very eye-opening to be in another country and see how people live. It's just so different from over here. So, yeah, I um, that's where I'm at, you guys. I am kind of discovering still what I want to do next. If you have any ideas, you know, you could hit me up. That I would appreciate that. Um. I'm, I guess I'm in this just period of healing, dealing with a bunch of shit that I have been putting off and distracting myself from and avoiding, trying to pour back into the aspects of my life that were neglected when I was so deep into my career, pouring back into my friendships, um, pouring back into my relationship with my boyfriend and trying to heal my mental health working on myself working on my fat ass going to the gym and spending time with my pups you know so yeah i um started this podcast i'm doing the damn thing and figuring it all out and i think that's the theme of your 20 somethings i'm we are all figuring things out so if i can leave you with anything at the end of this episode because i think i'm gonna wrap up I don't really know what else to talk about right now. I implore you to, you know, take some time, take a step back, you know, not necessarily quit your job like I did, but take some time today, like five minutes to take a breath and look back at all that you did to get where you are today and give yourself permission to be proud of everything that you have done to get there 
give yourself a pat on the back. I'm proud of you and I'm proud of myself. So yeah, I guess I will wrap up this episode. Thank you for tuning in today. And I don't know what's to come with the next episodes, but I'm working. Okay. I'm working on it. All right. I still don't know how to fucking end these things. Bye. Have a good day. Talk to you next time.